Welcome into Outkick the Show. I am your fearless leader, Clay Travis, and I hope all of you are having fabulous Thursdays wherever you may be across this great country or this great land. I want to thank you right off the top for all of your support for Outkick. Uh, In particular, let me make sure that I hit. Uh, let me make sure that I hit this data and get it right, um, because we put out a uh, we put out a statement today on January Outkick traffic, and we tripled our audience of unique visitors at Outkick.com in January of 23 compared to January of 21. Um, and that is a testament to you guys and how much we have grown. Uh, also, our audience on multi-platform was up 144%. It's hard to even keep up with all of these, uh, all of these details. Uh, but we're basically blowing up in a really great way. If you're curious about those numbers, I tweeted them out. You can go find uh, the official release. Obviously, I don't own Outkick anymore. Uh, I sold it to Fox in June of 21. So we're coming up on two years ago. But I am very proud of, first of all, the fact that you guys are responding so much to the content that we're producing, but also to uh, the fact that so many of you uh, uh, are appreciating the hard work that a lot of our talent is putting out, uh, both in front of the camera, uh, writing articles, behind the scenes. We have built out a really good team. Um, And uh, as effectively the president of that team, uh, I am very proud of the work that the OutKick crew is doing on a day-to-day basis. And I appreciate that so many of you are reacting so positively uh, to what we are putting out there. Uh, So... Uh, thank you uh, off the top. I then want to dive into Don Lemon on CNN. Don Lemon went on CNN this morning on the new CNN morning show with Caitlin Collins and Poppy Harlow. Uh, and as they were discussing Nikki Haley's presidential announcement in which she took a shot at the idea of anyone who is president being over the age of 75, an age that encompasses not only Joe Biden, who is 80, but Donald Trump, who is 76, and said it was time for a younger generation of leaders. And so, and basically said that they were out of their prime as leaders. And I I think probably when you're in your 70s, you're not as elite of a decision maker, generally speaking, as you were in your 40s and 50s um, in general, right? There are exceptions there. Warren Buffett still seems to be pretty doggone good at, uh, at analyzing data, and I believe he's in his 80s. Uh, there are a lot of people out there whose brains function very, very well in their 70s, 80s, and 90s. But in general, most of those people, I think, would have to acknowledge they're not as good as they were in their 40s or 50s. The reason why I bring this up is uh, Don Lemon followed up that by saying that Nikki Haley needed to be careful what she was saying because... She's outside of her prime because he looked it up on Google and it said women were in their prime in their 20s, 30s, and 40s. So, so much of this is funny to me. First, that Don Lemon's research for his television show was to sit down in front of Google, assuming that he actually did this, 
and type in winner women in their prime uh, because that's not very much research, first of all. I spend, whatever you like me or hate me, uh, I spend hours every day reading voluminous amounts of material so I can sit down and discuss with my audience all the issues of the day. So the, the idea that you would just sit in front of Google and just Google like an opinion-based question and whatever Google returned to you would be uh, what you would take on television on CNN is embarrassing. But also, it totally misses Nikki Haley's point, which is we have different ages at which we hit prime ability levels. For instance, I'm not a great athlete, right? Never have been. But to the extent that I was an athlete, I peaked as an athlete, as almost all men do, in my 20s on a physical nature, right? Like 27, 28 years old for most men is when you reach your apex of physical athletic ability. Now that's if you train, maybe you can extend that peak. Maybe you can take it into your early 30s if you're a great athlete. Regardless, we all know that athletic mortality, for instance, is far sooner than physical mortality. Tom Brady was a revelation because he could play quarterback at 45 years old. Uh, That was a huge story because most of the other guys were like Patrick Mahomes, who's 27 years old. That is, age impacts your ability to succeed at a variety of different professions. I've ruminated about this on the radio before. When does a radio show host peak? What is like my prime as a radio show host? I like to think it's still in front of me that I can continue to get better, that I haven't already peaked. Uh, I would like to think, for instance, if you're a lawyer, that you could be a great trial lawyer in your 40s, 50s, and 60s, maybe even into your 70s. If you're a woman, most women are in their prime for having children in their 20s, 30s, and 40s. So this is really crazy. Most people out there, I think, if you had to choose right now, What generation would you like the president to be a member of? I think most people would say 50s. I think most people out there, if you had to pick a generation, would say the 40s, the 50s, or the 60s would be the ages that you would prefer the president of the United States to be. So Nikki uh, Nikki, uh, Nikki would be right in the middle of that universe, right? Nikki Haley at 51 years old, would be square in the middle of where a lot of people would think the age of the President of the United States should be. Um, And so this is really strange by Don Lemon. Also, I would point out, CNN banned me for saying that, uh, that, that I was a believer in the First Amendment and boobs. They wouldn't allow me to ever be on the network again because I shared that opinion. Now, Don Lemon has since come out uh, and put forward a statement uh, of, uh, of, uh, of, of response on this issue. And he says as follows, uh, the reference I made to a woman's prime this morning was inartful and irrelevant as colleagues and loved ones have pointed out, and I regret it. A woman's age doesn't define her either personally or professionally. I have countless women in my life who prove that every day. Uh, it's weird. It's weak. 
I think what Don Lemon said is what he meant. I just think he's not very smart. And I think he's getting exposed alongside of Poppy Harlow and Caitlin Collins in a way that he didn't when he had an entire staff writing everything he said on the teleprompter for him to read. It's worth mentioning that Don Lemon is 56 years old. And I would suggest that he has passed his prime as a broadcaster. That's typically what happens when they take away your primetime show and make you host a show in the mornings instead. So, uh, Don Lemon, ridiculous statement. I don't believe in cancel culture, so I don't think he should lose his job or be suspended or any of that stuff. I think it's stupid. Uh, But I do think he revealed himself as live radio and live television often does over time you reveal yourself to the audience watching. And what I would say is I think it's instructive. No one at CNN ever says or would even consider saying that Kamala Harris was past her prime. She's in her upper 50s. Or that Hillary Clinton was in her prime. She's in her 60s when she ran for president. I would also point out Margaret Thatcher, kind of a really successful leader, was older than Nikki Haley is now when she became the iron-willed prime minister of Great Britain. Don Lemon, not smart, not well said, continuing to put his own foot in his mouth and hasten, I believe, his exit from CNN programming in general as that show is not doing well at all. Yesterday, I teed off on Alex Morgan. And I told all of you out there that I thought that Alex Morgan was a total loon when it came to arguing Texas and Florida should not be prohibiting uh, men who identify as women from competing in women's sports, right? And really, this is boys identifying as girls because we're talking about minors who are in high school. Uh, and in particular, I said that if men continue to identify as women, Eventually, there would be no members of the U.S. women's soccer team who could play soccer because all of the men would have come in and taken away their spots. Uh, That's inevitable. Seems quite clear to me at this point in time as you look at the growth of trans uh, male athletes who are identifying as women. So uh, I thought this tied in with South Park because South Park is one of the great truth-tellers in America when it comes to comedy. They don't tiptoe up to issues of race, gender, sexuality. They mock and lampoon everyone fairly. And they're basically even-handed assholes when it comes to comedic glee. That's what all comedians used to do. Make fun of everybody equally, Let's all treat every aspect of the political universe and also our identities as equally worthy of lampoon. That has not happened anymore in comedy. In fact, comedy has basically become, you look Saturday Night Live as an example, Stephen Colbert, it's basically left-wing propaganda masquerading as comedy now. And so I was watching some of the clips of South Park as it pertains to Harry and Meghan. And I played one of them on the Clay and Buck show just now. And my goodness, it is extraordinarily funny. I can't wait to watch this entire episode. 
God bless South Park for teeing off on Harry and Meghan and hitting at its most essential level the hypocrisy of these two claiming that they just want privacy and to be left alone as normal people while doing reality television shows on Netflix, while releasing a tell-all biography. It really is amazing to see. I appreciate the hypocrisy being pointed out. Um, I want to talk last night. I watched Tennessee play against Alabama. Go Vols got the win over number one Alabama. Uh, and the game was on ESPN2. And the broadcaster was Jay Billis. And Jay Billis traditionally has been a very knowledgeable college basketball broadcaster to me. And he still may be. But as I was watching the game last night, I could not escape the fact that in September, Jay Billis lied to me. Jay Billis told me that the Duke volleyball player who alleged that she had been a victim of a racial slur at BYU, that she was a hero and she was courageous and she was a victim. That was a lie. Even when all of the evidence came out to prove that it was not true, that there had been no racial slur hurled against her, Jay Billis continued to trot forth the company line from Duke University that this volleyball player was a victim. It was a lie. He knew it was a lie, and he continued to argue in favor of it no matter what. Once... I know that you will lie to me. I can no longer trust you when it comes to any opinion. So I couldn't escape it. When Jay Billis is giving his opinion on whether he thinks it's a block or a charge, I can't trust him anymore. And I would encourage all of you to do the same in media. Now, there's a difference between opinion and fact. I have lots of opinions that end up being untrue. And right after that, we'll continue the discussion. But first, a momentary break. I thought that we were going to hit the under uh, in the Chiefs-Eagles Super Bowl game. I told you to take Patrick Mahomes as the MVP. Got that one right. I told you to take take the Chiefs to win and cover. Got that one right. I told you I thought the under was going to hit. I was wrong. My opinion on that issue was wrong. If I came on the air the next day and I told you, hey, we won that bet, the under hit, even though it was clearly not the case, you should trust me less because I would be telling you something that had been an opinion that was now a confirmed falsehood was true. You can trust my opinion on any subject, or not trust it. I'm in the opinion business. But if I share with you things that are demonstrably untrue, if I am willing to share with you things that are factually untrue, you should trust my opinion less on everything. Anyone can have their own opinion. As my mom has said since I was a little kid, opinions are like butts. Everybody's got one. Good for you, good for me. Everybody's got opinions. That's why I don't really get upset about anybody's opinion out there 
argue with me, whatever else. That's why I hate cancel culture. Because cancel culture is the difference between I disagree with you and then making an argument for why you disagree and saying I disagree with you and you no longer have the right to have an opinion, have a job, be able to exist in modern society, right? That's what cancel culture is. But so Jay Billis, to me, has totally destroyed his legitimacy in college basketball because he lied to me in September about this Duke volleyball incident, and he's continued to lie about it to this day. If he came out and said, you know what, evidence supports I was wrong on that, I would say, okay, everybody has the ability to be wrong. And I'm not saying apologize. Just say you're wrong, right? The facts change. Your opinion can be one thing, and then the facts evolve, and your opinion changes because it's now factual truth. He hasn't done that. And I would encourage all of you out there, you can love or hate me. I will not get facts wrong. And if I get facts wrong, you listen to the show for three hours every day, I will come back and say, hey, you know what? I got that wrong. Because if my facts are wrong, then it devalues from the legitimacy of my opinion. A good opinion is built on a solid foundation of facts. And a lot of people in media today, and a lot of people, frankly, who consume media as well, don't understand the difference between a fact and an opinion. A fact is incontrovertibly true. Water freezes at 32 degrees. I can have an opinion about whether it's going to be cold enough for water to freeze. I can have an opinion about whether or not uh, if, uh, if, if the lake's going to freeze. But I can't have an opinion about what the water temperature is at which ice forms. That's a fact. A lot of people miss that difference. Once I know that you have lied to me about a fact, I have no other option but to trust you less. And I would encourage you to pl- apply that standard in all facets of life, but certainly in terms of media and who you trust and who you listen to. I can't, by the way, go Vols. I love the win, but Joe, uh, but uh, Jay, uh, uh, to me, based on just what's happened, Jay Billis, I can't trust on the same level about basketball because I know he lied to me about that incident in BYU and Duke volleyball. It's a sad story, man. Uh, John Fetterman has checked himself into mental health uh, inpatient treatment uh, at Walter Reed Hospital. Last week, John Fetterman was hospitalized at George Washington University for uh, uh, physical health-related issues, at least it was reported. Now he is hospitalized for depression, mental health-related issues, starting here. There's nothing wrong with depression. There's nothing wrong with needing treatment for depression. I think that currently, maybe the most sad story that continues to exist in America is the number of military veterans who take their lives via suicide every single day in this country. The numbers I've seen are as high as 20-plus every day killing themselves. If you are a man watching this right now and you need mental health treatment, that is not a sign of your weakness, all right? If you had a broken ankle, you would go to the hospital and you would have it treated. If you have mental health issues and you are thinking about doing yourself or someone else harm because of extreme depression, you should go get help. 
100% beyond a shadow of a doubt. But looking at John Fetterman now, I honestly cannot feel anything but sad for him. This was a guy who had no business running for the United States Senate, we knew on a physical basis, because of the stroke that he had in May. He was unable to do the job. Anyone who watched the debate between he and Dr. Oz knew that was the case. He's already had to check himself into a hospital in the first month of his Senate tenure based on his physical health. And now he's having to check himself into a hospital based on his mental health. His family, his staff, the Democrat Party, and many of the media covering him all knew that he was not physically, or maybe even mentally, capable of doing this job. And yet, they continued to run him. That is an embarrassment should never be able to happen again. I hope he doesn't die very soon. But the fact that his family, given that he has young kids, would not try and protect his health. I'm 43 years old. I sincerely hope that my wife or my parents, and as my kids get older, if at some point I have a health, physical or mental condition that keeps me from being able to do my job, I hope they will insist that I get well and that they won't continue to try to argue that I should keep the job given the dangers, that the pressures that come with high-stress jobs with lots of eyes upon you. And I just, I don't know how this ends with Fetterman. I feel like on some level, he probably is going to have to step back. Maybe he resigns. I don't know. Uh, I imagine that a lot of people will react the same way that I did. You just feel bad for him. Uh, but it is truly a, uh, it, it is truly an awful situation that we have allowed to occur. And it should set a precedent going forward of why we need a robust and rigorous media questioning the health of candidates. Because remember, they tried to argue, oh, this is unfair. How dare you question the health status of John Fetterman? You're attacking disabled people. No, no, not at all. Look, if you have a broken leg, you're not able to play quarterback in the Super Bowl. Everybody would be trying to figure out in the media whether you were going to be able to play or not and whether your leg was broken. That's not because somehow we look at people with broken legs and judge them. It's because certain aspects of, uh, of any job require a health or physical stature in order to do them, right? And so the idea that we were just going to allow John Fetterman to get a free pass because he happened to be a Democrat I think people of Pennsylvania made one of the most disastrously wrong decisions in the history of a statewide election. I was with Dr. Oz Saturday uh, at the uh, Super Bowl. He's a big Eagles fan. We talked for 10 or 15 minutes. Guys, whether you like him or not, perfectly qualified to be a senator from Pennsylvania. He's in great health. He could do that job easily. John Fetterman can't do the job. He can't represent the people of Pennsylvania. 
he isn't physically able to be a senator. And I told you that for months. I told you all the evidence reflected it. Now it's being proven true. It's just sad. I hope he gets well. I hope someone in his inner circle will actually take care of him and care about his health. Uh, because right now we haven't seen that. Um, Joe Biden has officially come out and said, oh yeah, I shot down three objects. It appears that they were no threats at all. So Biden is default telling you that his decision as it pertains to the first spy balloon from China not to shoot it down was so disastrously wrong that they tried to bow up and demonstrate how strong they were and as a result they have ended up in a situation where they now are shooting down objects that pose no danger whatsoever to anyone. That's according to Joe Biden in the statement he just made about an hour ago. Now, I talked about this with Jay Billis. Joe Biden has lied to me so many times that now I don't even know whether I believe it. I also don't know whether I believe that Joe Biden's even been, tell, been told the truth because I don't think his own security apparatus trusts him with this kind of information. So I, I don't even know what to think anymore because my trust in Joe Biden as a leader because of all the lies that he has told me, I don't believe him anymore on things that are of significant international and national issues. I don't know that I trust Joe Biden on this, but that's the report. If the report is true, it means that Joe Biden has embarrassed us by randomly shooting down objects that had nothing to do with China. And it just further would, if I were Chairman Z in China, further elucidate how lost Joe Biden has become that he could ever have found himself in this situation in the first place. Uh, where he didn't shoot down the object that he should have, and then instead, to try to make up for that, he shot down three objects that never should have been shot down, including missing once with a missile that landed somewhere in Lake Huron in Michigan. Uh, positive story. Michael Jordan has given $10 million to make a wish as he is turning 60 years old. Hey, how about just a positive story? MJ riding to the rescue. There's nothing crazy about this. There's nothing outlandish. I told you recently that Michael Jordan's Air Jordans continue to outsell every current NBA player's shoes by a two-to-one margin if you combine all of those uh, individuals, which is crazy to think about. The Air Jordan brand is that strong. Um, and Jordan is making so much money. He's a billionaire uh, that he donated $10 million to make a wish on his 60th birthday. Make a wish, fabulous foundation for kids potentially facing terminal illnesses to be able to have something special to experience in their lives a trip, wish fulfillment trip of a lifetime. Good for Michael Jordan. And if you have some extra money, donating to make a wish would make a great uh, story there. Um, finally, I saw this. And I think it's worthy of massive discussion. Uh, and I tweeted, you may have seen me, I tweeted this and tagged Gavin Newsom and Ron DeSantis in it. 
Um, and uh, and I want to get the numbers right, so I'm going to pull this up on my phone right now. Uh, but there was a story out there about population loss. This comes from the L.A. Times. Uh, and the L.A. Times shared this graphic. Since April of 2020 through July of 2022, the population of California has declined by 700,000 people. Uh, In New York, the population has declined by a little over 550,000 people. Um, And what I said with this was, it's interesting, Gavin Newsom has lost 700,000 residents. Meanwhile, Florida has added 800,000 residents. By the way, Texas also added... 640,000 residents. I'm rounding up to those numbers. If California and New York had responded the most safely and the most efficaciously to COVID, why have those states combined to lose over uh, 1.2 million residents? And why have Florida and Texas combined to add 1.4 million residents. What has occurred here? If you thought your family's health and safety was truly at risk, wouldn't you move to California and New York if Florida was opening up too much and if Texas was opening up too much? To me, this is the glaring data point that is impossible for Gavin Newsom to explain away. If he had managed COVID well in California... Why did they lose 700,000 residents and why did Florida add 800,000 residents? Why is everyone moving to Florida if, as Gavin Newsom says, Ron DeSantis did such an awful job, including, by the way, Gavin Newsom's own in-laws? And why is California losing 700,000 residents if they're doing such a good job protecting their citizens? Ron DeSantis got it right. Gavin Newsom got it wrong on COVID. This is the definitive data point to prove that once and for all. Okay, I love all of you. Thank you for supporting OutKick. Thank you for making January such a whopping success up triple the audience over last year. Uh, As always, my name is Clay Travis. I'll be back with you tomorrow on radio. DBAP unless you need to SBAP. This has been OutKick, the show.